Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I want to talk to you about another connect group, um, written, documented in history. And um, this connect group didn't, wasn't meeting at this point in in somebody's house, they were not meeting um, in an open field. They were they were meeting in a boat. They were meeting in a boat, and, uh, and 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 while they were meeting in the boat and they were rowing together and they're purposeful, right? Tato said our, our connect groups need to be purposeful. These guys are purposeful. Their purpose was to get to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, um, and it was in the process of doing this that a, a wind arises. And, and blows up a storm and starts to confront them. And so, and so they're, blowing re- they, they're rowing really, really hard in this the storm, um, and the wind is also blowing um, and resisting them. And they're struggling to, uh, to, to, make, to make headway. And then they kind of look in the distance, and they begin to see a figure uh, coming at them. And uh, as the figure gets closer, they begin to freak out, and they're saying, oh my goodness, there's a ghost coming our way. Of course, as, as the ghost gets a little bit clearer, uh, nearer, they realize it is Jesus. So many of us um, have come across this scripture uh, of, um, of Jesus walking on, on water. And uh, we're going to look at it right uh, just now in Mark chapter 6. But I, I, was, um, I was asking myself, and, I, and, and by extension, I was asking the Lord as I'm reading the scripture, uh, what, what is this scripture really about? What am I meant to learn and take away from the reading of this scripture? And uh, uh, I, initially, I was going, well, uh, there's, I've heard it being preached uh, that the disciples found themselves in trouble because they were alone on the water and they left Jesus. And so if you go ahead of Jesus and you leave Jesus and you go and you row out into your own story, you're in trouble. I, I don't think that that's the main point of, of the story. And, and then I'm going, perhaps it's, perhaps it's about how they responded. So they, they're in the water and they're rowing hard and they look at Jesus and they're going, it's a ghost. And eventually they realize it's Jesus. And so maybe, maybe there's something to, there's something to do with how we respond in the midst of turmoil. And many of us find ourselves in that place of turmoil, find our place, ourselves battered by storms of all kinds. So it's important to understand how do we respond in that time. But I don't think that's the main point of the story. You see, my, my question had a presupposition to it. And the presupposition was that the story is about me and Jesus is a feature who comes in and does something and then exits left. And I, the, kind of the main character of the story, remain with the, what do I do? What have I learned? How do I operate? But when I took a step back and I went, hang on, the, the, the main character in the story is not me, but the main character in the story is Jesus, well, then I look at the story a little bit differently. Because then the story becomes about who Jesus was before the storm, 
who Jesus is in the storm and who Jesus is post the storm. And so we're going to journey together in the story and, 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 uh, and recognize ourselves in the story, rightly so, but hopefully there's an awakening in our souls and in our minds that, that allows us to tackle the issue of who is Jesus before I face my storm? Who is Jesus in the middle of my storm? And who is Jesus when I've left the storm? I, I can't tell you how many times people have, have, have come to me in the midst of their storm. And, and Jesus is the most real thing to them, and, and they're desperate for Jesus until they exit the storm. And then there's no time for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then, then we reprioritize, and Jesus is different to who he was in the midst of the storm. I can't tell you how many times we have stood and we have trusted for blessing for people who have then received the blessing, and that, that very blessing has taken them away from Jesus. Oh, I would come and I would pray, brother, but I'm too, we're so busy with, we've got so many, so, so, so many invoices and so many orders, we've got this and that that we must sort out. Oh, oh, that we could make it to come and to worship the Lord. Who is Jesus in your storm? Mark 6, 45 to 52 says, immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, he meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. Amen. What this is referencing was just before they had this moment of, of Jesus walking on the water, them being out in, 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 the, in the sea. They just had the moment that Pastor Simon taught us about last week, how Jesus had fed the 5,000, the multitude in fact, because there was 5,000 men that were, that were numbered, but many women and children in the mix also. How Jesus fed all of these people with, uh, with five loaves of bread and two fish. And, uh, and, and post this, then uh, they, they go out into, uh, into the ocean, into the sea. <clears throat> so one of the, the, if we look at verse, verse 45, immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before them uh, to the other side. It occurred to me that the disciples did not leave Jesus to go into the water. He made them get into the boat and leave, which was a little bit different from how I've read it previously because it, I, I've just, I've read it like, and, and then they had this amazing moment and then they went into the, uh, to the other side, they got onto the boat, they went into the Sea of Galilee and Jesus went onto the mountain. That's how I've read it. But, but, but taking a, a step back, I'm going, hang on a moment. 
they, they, did not, they did not leave Jesus, go into the water and then get into trouble. Jesus made them get into the boat. So then I'm going, Lord, what was happening here? Why, why did you make them get into the water? What, was, Jesus, was Jesus setting them up? Right? He knew there was a storm coming. Off you go. I'll wait a bit and I'll come in walking on the water and be the hero. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't, I don't mind Jesus doing that. That's his thing. He can do that. There's a guy, there's a guy in, 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 in scripture who gets healed after many, many years. And, uh, and people are asking, what, 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 what happened here? What did he do? And Jesus said, nothing. He did, there was nothing wrong here. This guy, the sole reason why this guy was this way was so that God can be glorified when he is healed. So I don't, I don't have a problem with Jesus setting us up, setting up a miracle. You can do it. But I had to, again, take one or two steps back and reread the scripture. And then I'm going, okay, in, in, in context of the, the whole chapter, it starts to make a bit more sense. Because you see, what had just happened before this, we spoke about, was the feeding of the 5,000. What had happened before that was Jesus had just gotten some really sad news. His cousin, John the Baptist, had just died. He'd been beheaded. Jesus' response was to find a place of solitude, to retreat from the people, to go and mourn, to go and be with the Lord, maybe to cry, and, and, and maybe to take a moment to remember and honor the life of his cousin. His disciples followed him, and so did the multitudes. That's how he ended up with the multitude of people that he taught, and then he had to feed at the end of the day. And so when, when we consider it from that point of view and we recognize that Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man, and that he was a man fully dependent on God, Jesus was just looking for a little bit of peace and quiet. So, so, so maybe he did send them out and set up a grand thing, but the human factor here is that Jesus just needed a moment. He retreated from, 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 uh, into the wilderness because he needed a moment. The crowds came and found him. He then fed them, dismissed them, put his disciples onto the boat, and went to the mountainside because he needed a moment. Now, this is important when we realize that this moment, this moment when we're reading about Jesus and he just fed the 5,000 was pretty much kind of the climax of, of, of his popularity. His brand was strong at this point. So strong that the people wanted to come and take him and make him king by force. That's how strong the brand was. It kind of went down after that. It declined until they killed him. That's when you know your brand is... If you end up on the cross, it's, it's, your brand has taken a knock. Jesus withdrew because he was dependent on the Father. And, um, and Jesus withdrew because they wanted to make him king. And that wasn't his mandate. See, sometimes we get into the trap of living from that moment of public affirmation to the next moment 
of public affirmation. When the crowds love me, I have made it. When the people follow me, I have done it. When I've got the likes, I feel good. Let me give you a lesson from Jesus' life. The same people who raise you up today will tear you down tomorrow. We do not live for the worship and the praise, the affirmation, or even the likes of the people. Our sustenance is not in affirmation from people. Our sustenance is in affirmation from God. And so Jesus was not living from high to high, ministry high to ministry high, miracle to miracle. No, he was living from the, for those secluded moments. When he could have a private word with the Father, where the only voice that mattered could be heard. How many times do we block out the only voice that matters because we like the roaring voice of the crowd? And our behavior is adjusted such that we get the maximum effect from the crowd and the followers and the likers. Jesus was fully dependent on God. We have this, this thing where we, 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 we get into our heads and we go, well, that was Jesus. Jesus did that. How dare you even attempt and try this and do that? Jesus did that. And yet Jesus said that we would do even more than what he did. Greater works. And then he showed us how. Dependence on the Father. And then he showed us how to do that. Run from the crowds. Love the crowds. Serve the crowds. Minister to the crowds. Run from the crowds. (laughs) And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea and he was alone on the land. So evening comes, he's alone on the land, and the boat is out at sea. So now I want to talk to you, if you've ever followed Jesus into trouble. You found your place, yourself in a place where you're going, this does not make sense. My finances do not make sense. My relationship status does not make sense. My career progression does not make sense because I thought I was following God. I heard from God. I got the confirmation. I got the vision. There was the scripture. Pastor Greg prophesied over me. Why is my life in shambles? I was okay on the shore. Jesus told me to get on the boat. It was secure, predictable on the shore. But there I went, out onto the ocean. What did I encounter there? Winds and waves. Difficult progression. Am I talking to somebody this morning? The question is, where is Jesus when it hurts? Where is Jesus when it does not hurt? Makes sense. Lord, I followed every one of your instructions. Lord, I walked in obedience. Lord, I had faith. 
I, you told me to start this business venture. Look at me now. I'm in debt. Lord, I heard from you. I got the, 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 burning, the burning bush I saw from heaven. The, the angels sang. I saw her. You said she's the one. Look at us now. We're not even talking to each other. We're communicating via WhatsApp statuses. I deserve better. Hashtag queen. Hashtag royalty. Hashtag I can only take so much. Wasn't my intention to get personal, but you know. <laughs> Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus when it hurts? Where is Jesus when it's not working out? Where is he? And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. Where was Jesus? Jesus was on the mountainside. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was interceding. Where is Jesus in your moment of pain? He's on the mountainside and he is interceding. Where is Jesus when you think you're failing? He's on the mountainside and he is interceding. Where is Jesus when you're not making the kind of progress that you thought you would be making? He is on the mountainside and he is interceding. He sees you. He sees your frustration. He sees your pain. He sees what you think is failure. He sees you. We have to believe that, saints, because if we don't believe that, we buy into the lie that I am alone. I am rowing so hard for so long, for little progress. Nothing is working out. Nobody sees me. Jesus has forgotten about me. I misheard the promises. What is the point? This is hopeless. I might as well end it now. If we believe the lie, the enemy can suck out the hope from our lungs. You know, the hope is like, is like the air in your lungs. You suck out that hope, there's nothing for you to breathe. And so what's the enemy's scheme to get you to believe that you are alone? Nobody cares. Nobody sees you. The air sucked out of your lungs. You'll wish for death. But Jesus comes walking on the water. Before the dawn, Jesus comes walking on the water. Thanks a lot, Jesus. Where were you 10 hours ago? You know that they were rowing for, for more than nine hours they were rowing? And, and, and Jesus comes before the dawn. And, and you know how much progress they'd made? About four kilometers worth of rowing, three to four miles. They, 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 they're rowing, they're rowing, they're rowing. And, and they're not getting anywhere. And the winds are hitting them. And they, they make some strides forward. And then the winds hit them and they go backwards. And then they row. And they, and they make some, some kilometers. And then the winds hit them and they blow. And they feel like they're failing. And they're not seeing the fruit of their labors. And they're working hard. But they don't see the progress. But they're sweating. And you're waking up every single day. And you're going to work. And you're hustling. And you are sowing. 
and you are hitting the ground, running, but the, heart, the ground is hard, and you're frustrated because you're not seeing the progress, and you're asking God, what on earth is happening? Why are the winds battering me and hitting me from every side? How come that I've made three steps forward, but I feel like I've gone one step backwards? Why is it that when I feel like I've progressed, I'm waiting for the next wind to hit me? Where is God when it hurts? Why am I rowing so hard and Jesus is not with me, but Jesus comes walking on the water before the dawn. And we look at him and we go, thank you for showing up. Where were you five hours ago? Where were you when I started this journey? Where were you? Did you forget about me? Did, did, did you forget about me? Did you, did you, did, were you trying to, were you torturing me? Were you, were you humbling me? Is that it? Do you, do you play with us by watching us suffer? And then at the very end, that's when you're going to come through? Are you sadistic, Jesus? We don't ask these questions out loud, but come on, let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Can I really believe in you? Can I trust again? Next time you tell me to get into a boat, am I going to get in or am I going to remember the struggle and the toil of a whole night going nowhere? And Jesus, if Jesus had come to the disciples in the first hour, who would Jesus have been in that story? Let's assume Jesus comes, first hour, first hour, he comes and he starts helping them out. Who's Jesus in that story? He is the guy who came to help them out. Thank you, Jesus. We're starting to get a bit dicey there, but thanks. Thanks for catching us. Off we go. Who's Jesus? He's a handy guy to have at the start. He really catches you when things rock a little bit. Okay, so who would Jesus have been if he came in the fifth hour? When they'd been at it. They'd been at it. The the boat is starting to rock. The power, their strength is starting to fail them. He's the handy guy to have in your corner when things are rocking and your boat is rocking and you're looking around for some help and you could use some assistance. Then Jesus shows up. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You know, it was good that you showed up. I I, I felt like I I had it. I felt like I was getting the hang of it, right? I had the rhythm already, but but the fact that you showed up is good. I'm glad because it was convenient. You saved me a bit of effort, but I kind of started to have it. I started to think that I was seeing the horizon at the end there. And let's be honest between you and me, Jesus, who saved who? I mean, I had the boat, you were in the water, you know, I let you come in. But at the very end of our strength, when we have rowed until we can row no more, when we have tried and we can try no more, when our strength has failed and we are ready for death and Jesus comes bounding on the water in that moment, then Jesus is savior. Then Jesus is conqueror. Jesus is the one who will not be held back by the elements, who walks on water as if it's solid ground. All of a sudden, Jesus is my pursuer and the victorious one. Jesus is the one I can stake everything on because he has saved my life, undoubtedly. Because if it were not for Jesus, we would have failed and we would have died. 
How many of us have been in those situations where you've had to throw up that prayer, Lord, if you don't show up now. If you've never found yourself, if you've never thrown that one up, hold on tight. I'm not prophesying. I'm just saying. Hold on tight. Because I tell you what, it's cool to know Jesus as the guy who broke some bread and fed, fed some people. But until you know Jesus as the guy who fetched me from the brink, <laughs> until Jesus is the one who saved your life from the depths, let me leave you alone. Please, um, please help me. Will you drive for me at the back? Thank you. My stick has failed me. He meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. So here's my question. How many times has Jesus passed by your boat? How many times have you been in that moment on the verge of a miracle and Jesus comes bounding on the water and you looked and said it's a ghost because we tried to define the almighty God with our limited understanding so we we, we hoped and, and, and felt desperate for a miracle and when it came we said nah nah <laughs> Nah, it has to be, there has to be a different explanation. It can't be that. So you get a phone call. Hey, we'd, we'd love for you to come for an interview. We've been trusting God, trusting God for a job for years. What are, we, what are we saying? Nah, nah, can't, can't be that. Can't, can't be. Trusting God for healing, God heals you. What do we say? Ah, there must be an explanation. Ah, there must be. Can't be that easy. Can't be. It can't be that God saw me and, and, and put me in that person's heart to tell me the message that I prayed for the night before. Nah. What's the trick? Tell me. Tell me. What's the trick? Can't be. Must be a ghost. And we miss the miracle. How many times has Jesus walked past your boat? He meant to walk past them. Here's the boat. He meant to walk past. That, in my imagination, when I'm imagining the story, there they are, struggling, toiling on the boat. There's Jesus, meaning to overtake them. Now I'm going, Jesus, why? 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 It just feels like you're being difficult. Now, but, 
Potentially, work with me. Potentially, there's an invitation here. Because Jesus walks past their boat and now they have a decision to make. You see, because potentially Jesus, this is, this is from you know, the book of my interpretations, right? This is, so, so potentially Jesus is, is, is walking in front of them and then they're in the boat and now he's going to lead them through the storm. Okay, you, if you just follow me, I'll lead you and show you where to row and you can stay in your boat and, I'll, and you can follow me. You can stay in your boat. And you can follow me. Let us remember, saints, that it is possible to follow Jesus and follow him from afar. And still receive blessing. What had just happened on the shore? Thousands of people who followed from a distance, did not know him, were fed. Fed until they were full. Twelve baskets of leftovers were collected. Jesus will still feed you if you follow him from afar. But there was an invitation. Do you, want, do you want to follow me from a distance or do you want me in your boat? Two different things. Two different things. Your life can be the life of the one who followed Jesus from as far, who once had a story about being in the crowd on the day when Jesus fed a lot of people. That's the entirety of your story. Or it can be that you are one in the boat. Where, and, and you can tell that story. Well, I was in a boat and I invited Jesus into the boat. And you know what happened? The most amazing thing, the winds died down. Because when Jesus got into my boat, everything changed. And I realized that up until that point, I knew of him. I realized that up until that point, I knew his reputation. I was told about, I knew his legend, and I was hanging on to his legend, and his legend was not going to give me eternity. And his legend fed me, but that, that feeding was temporary because I woke up the next day and I was hungry. How many of you are going to walk out of here and feel like you were filled only to wake up feeling desperate tomorrow? Because you decided to be an onlooker. Never inviting Jesus into your boat, but always content to follow him from a distance. When, when, when Moses, when, when God told Moses, at some point when the Israelites, he was fed up with the Israelites, and he said, he said to Moses, I'm going to send my angel ahead of you. Your promises are assured. I'll give you the promises. I am not going with you. Because if I go with you, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so I'll send the angel with you. And you'll be good. Now on the surface, that sounds like a good deal. Okay, so we still get the promise. So we still get the stuff. Okay, we can do without God, but I get the stuff, right? That's the deal that some of us have bought into. That we went, that deal still, still feels good to me. That feels like a good deal. I get the stuff, I get the promises, I get the, I get the nourishment, but I left God. So I have a, I have a, a, a shadow of, of, of spirituality, I have a, a, a type of thing that I'm hanging on to. So, so I, I, I do the checkbox and I'm, when you look at my checkbox, I, I'm good because I've ticked that I've gone to church and I've ticked even maybe that I was a connect group, but, but, I, but I know there's no relationship because I forfeited that. I was happy to go with the angel who gave me the goods. Moses said, Lord, God, if, if you don't go with me, <laughs> leave me out. 
I'm not interested. He said, if you don't go, I don't go. Because Moses understood that we can go without God and get the stuff, but the stuff is temporary. We can go without God and get the promises. Those promises will become a curse outside of the blessing of God. And so he understood that the real blessing wasn't what, what I can count. The real blessing wasn't what I can put around me. The real blessing wasn't what I can wear. The real blessing wasn't what I can drive. It wasn't what my t- job title is. It wasn't what my education is. The real blessing was that God is with me. And that's what I contend for. Emmanuel, that you, great God Almighty, have walked on the water and got into my boat. Scandalous. That, saints, the the greatest miracle, the greatest miracle ever recorded in the history of humanity, God dying on a cross. A God, God of creation, dying on the cross. Right next to it, right next to it, me entering in to the presence of God. And and this God who says, you know what? I'm not even going to wait for you to come to me. I am going to walk on water if I have to, to get to you. And if you will have me, I'll get in your boat. We're talking about miracles. We'll not find greater miracles than that. We'll not find them. And if... Hopefully some of the things that I've said make sense, but, but if, if nothing has made sense and, and nothing sticks, remember this. Remember this. For your life, remember this. You will only know him if you know him. You will only know him if you know him. You know what happens if you don't know him? You're going to call him a ghost. And he will walk past you. But those disciples who took a second look, and when he said, it is I, and they knew, this one we invite into the boat. You know, if I, if I stand next to you in your time of trouble, and, I, and I'm coming to comfort you, you're going through some stuff, I'm coming to comfort you. This is how I comfort you. It is I. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm here. How, m- how much comfort are you feeling right now? <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> Same here. But if Jesus says that, whilst he's standing on the water like I'm standing on the stage right now, and the winds are blowing, and he is saying it is I. Hey, we're having a conversation. I can work with that. Because I'm, okay, this guy has subdued the elements. Nature is submitted to him. So if he's saying he's arrived, then we're about to do business. Hey, you will know him only if you know him. Can we stand to our feet? And he got into the boat with them. And the wind ceased. And they were utterly, 
astounded. The wind stopped because Jesus got into the boat. What that tells me is that everything they were struggling for, everything that was a source of pain, everything that formed itself into a frustration, every area in which they felt a lack of progress, every area in which they felt like a failure died when Jesus stepped into their boat. Is Jesus in your boat? Or are you following from a distance? I want to invite you to come and pray with me if you are asking Jesus today to come into your boat. Tired of not having relationship, tired of following from behind, tired of the distance, you want him in your boat, please come. Come to the front and we'll pray together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're here, we're going to wait for you. You want Jesus in that boat. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come. Come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is, this is the promise that Jesus makes. He says, all who are thirsty, come and drink. And this is his promise. If you drink from me, you will never thirst again. He says, if you're hungry and you don't have money, come and buy from me. You will eat and you will never be hungry again. And then you know what else he says? He says, he says my burden the burden that I'm going to lay on you is light compared to the burden that you've carried up until today. The burden that I'm going to give you is light. And the yoke that you have pulled up until now, and the yoke is that thing that the, that the oxen pull when they're plowing the field. He says that yoke that you have pulled up until today has been heavy and has been hard. But if you take my yoke, it'll be easy. So my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Is anybody else willing to invite Jesus into their boat this morning? Is there anybody else? You want Jesus in your boat today? Won't you come to the front? His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. 
We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys are lucky we're out of time. There's a song welling up in my heart. I'll begin, I'll just begin to sing, but man. <laughs> Let's pray instead. Just pray, saints, won't you pray this, this prayer after me? And we'll pray together as a family. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I invite you into my boat, into my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, and that you rose again. Today, I align myself with you. I am yours from this day on and forevermore. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.